0: Three, two, one. Hello everybody, welcome to Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast here on Boss Rush Games. I am one of your hosts, Cory Deergan, alongside me as always is the Deep Stone Crypt Master himself, Mr. Josh Vink.
1: I like that. I like that name.
0: I know. I come up with great names. I don't know if you're aware of this.
1: I'm, I'm more than aware. Yeah, guys, I've, I've cleared it. I've six times since it launched. Uh had a lot of fun teaching it. This Gory this could be controversial. and I'll get to it later, but this maybe in my top 3 destiny insect. Right
0: That's what I've heard I've heard many people say that.
1: It Yeah, we'll talk, we're going to talk more about deep stone crypt later, later in the
0: next episode. Yeah, but uh yeah, because uh, I still need to clear it. I'm I'm gonna try we, to do we it want this to try
1: weekend. I did not spoil anything for Corey that hasn't already been spoiled.
0: I I mean the only thing I know, the only thing I know is that there's a Pike race at the beginning, and that the sword breaks the second encounter is all I know. All right, Josh, let's get into the Twab. The Twab. twab. We're gonna jump right into the Twab because we got a lot to talk about.
1: Uh, yeah, it's actually pretty light, Schwab. For our second to the last one of the year, uh, they give us some numbers on the Deepstone Crypt. From day one, 29,814 unique completions, um, and a lot more stats for the uh, launch plus 10 days. So, up through the time you could earn the raid jacket, 258,000 unique clears, over 7 million player hours, 1 billion kills, 85 million deaths. Um, Hmm. All of those are significantly higher numbers than the Garden of Salvation and Last Wish, especially. Um, it's kind of cool to see. I really, really like seeing this because uh, it means that it was a lot more accessible for some people. I think that not that having a full uh, ten, eleven days to grind out was better than just having three or four days. Yeah, it didn't make bounty stacking essential. That's really cool to see. Uh, Bungie charity, charity initiative with a uh, game to give. Um, for every 250k that they get they are revealing stuff for the dawning they have already revealed the warlock and titan sets Mm -hmm. uh and we are waiting to see if we get the hunter one tomorrow and if they hit one million they will reveal the dawning 2020 uh legendary weapon so that's cool this is a really hot set if you haven't seen it yet Corey. it's embedded in the schwab i really like the titan set if the hunter is anything like that i'm absolutely buying this with money yeah
0: Yeah, it looks it looks really cool i saw the warlock set and then i saw the uh titan set so it's uh
1: i like them both it's it's awesome i don't Mm -hmm. normally like flashy sets like that but i'll absolutely get it for my hunter it'll be the first dawning set i've ever actually tried to earn um iron banner comes back on tuesday with two new weapons uh it looks at a hand cannon and a i believe a scout rifle yeah so pretty psyched about those um of course they are reprised weapons from year one i believe mm-hmm. uh, i don't hate this as much as a lot of people do especially with new iron banner specific perks that we got introduced last season on forward path and fool's remedy mm-hmm. uh i'm okay with this i think this simply adds to the loot pool these are weapons you can only get after you do the quest line uh there will be an iron banner quest from lord saladin um da, 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 da. yep those are it. and the iron will armor is back um, again i i don't hate this uh i'm okay with this it looks a little bit bland as far as iron banner armor goes but hey it's something new to earn uh we're yep. about to have universal ornaments anyways
0: yeah i i i like the i kind of like this iron banner armor the middle i'm assuming is mm-hmm. the warlock in this yes. picture right and then the the right yes. is the titan i it looks it's fine it's fine it's
1: fine i mean it's nothing groundbreaking the way I see it is especially with universal ornaments it's become less important to me um what the uh standard armor ends up looking like because if I don't like it I'm just gonna slap it. A, ornament on it anyways yeah
0: that's how that's what i've been doing stuff i like that's what i've been doing and then when transmog comes it's just not gonna matter at all
1: right um next we have the uh next gen update dropping on tuesday on december 8th this will require a full re-download for all series x series s and ps5 users wonderful yeah a brand new 70 gig download for us um
0: hope you don't got them data casts.
1: Man, yeah, I, I'm i not thrilled about this, but with how much is actually changing in the game, this doesn't surprise me at all.
0: Yeah, no, it doesn't um, either.
1: Yeah, so uh, also three uh, update 3.0.1 will be uh, dropping on the same day, including re-enabling the Prophecy Dungeon. Hmm. Um, powerful rewards can be earned from each checkpoint once per week, and uh, as you complete the dungeon, you will also obtain a pinnacle-level reward. Uh, which is awesome. Pinnacles are the only things that can push you past the 1250 hard cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and previously featured weapon and armor rewards are available once more. So everybody get in there and get your Icolos shoddy. Get your death adders. I need that uh, shotgun. Yeah, it's especially with Warmind cells back on the menu, man. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, the Destiny Companion app starting next week. It will get an update. Bounties can be acquired from Destiny 2 vendors using the Companion app. Oh, they can only God. be acquired when you are offline, in orbit, or in the tower. So you cannot earn them when you're just strolling around on a planet. You can't just sit there and get repeatables given to you all the time. Yeah. Or in the middle of a crucible match, get some more. I mean, I don't this care. is a godsend.
0: I mean, just sitting in orbit is fine, right? Like, I just, oh my gosh, I can't tell you how many times I
1: need them is when I'm grinding out the crucible on it.
0: Yeah, I can't can't tell you how many times I've been waiting in orbit for like Mitch to get on to go run our weekly strikes or our nightfall or whatever. And then, like, I forget to pick up the bounties. I'm like, gosh, we got to go to the tower. It's awful.
1: Yeah, I. It really throws me out of the groove when we got to go back every, like every other match or every match because we got new people joining up or people leaving and new people jumping in. It's like no, like now everybody has no excuse to not have this uh, on their phones. Uh, some new light issues. Um, not really sure if that affects any of us, but okay. Uh, the lost lights monument will no longer highlight for you automatically. Thank God. I know. <laughs> uh, Continues to flash for players who own all exotics, so I imagine it'll still glow for me since I am missing the exotic sparrow from Scourge the Past. Uh, badges and armor and collections will correctly select your class, and it will uh, keep from the UI forgetting what page you were on. Um, but updated the mercy rule for control and class to prevent it from triggering too early. And uh, there's some stuff with the exotics. I encourage you guys to go read about the... Uh, the beyond light exotics i'm not going to go into all that right now mm-hmm. uh, and there will be more patch notes ready on december 8th right um, looking to see if there's anything else in here because i think the rest of it is just stuff like that i see um, i
0: see one that affects me personally remember that? a couple weeks remember a couple weeks ago or maybe it was no it was a couple weeks ago i said playing it with hdr on was really like screwing with my tv and it was only destiny yes there's a patch note in here and says HDR isn't working as intended.
1: Yes, I, I'm seeing that. I'm seeing the giant list of things they are still investigating.
0: Yeah, it's like anytime, anytime I'm on Nessus, it just looks like when you put your phone in inverted mm-hmm. color mode is like, that's exactly what it looks like. And it's annoying. Like I have to turn HDR off every single time on my TV.
1: Yeah, it's not great. It's uh, it's it's pretty bad. Yeah, they're. Yeah, but that's it for the TWAB. There's really not a whole lot else. Um, next week will be, uh, of course, Iron Banner is launching and the Dawning is launching on the 15th. So I imagine next week will be a big Dawning and holiday break preview. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are rumors that the Hawkmoon Quest is going to go live on the 15th.
0: Yep. So we'll I've see. I've seen that, too. I'm, I'm excited to play some Iron Banner. I I know people kind of have their issues with Iron Banner, but I I enjoy it.
1: Um, Yeah, I I don't have a problem with Iron Banner. I'm curious to see how it is with Stasis Powers. mm -hmm. Let everybody get it out of their systems.
0: Yeah, there was that big thing. Did you see that big thing on Reddit going around that they're like, disabled Stasis Powers for Iron Banner this week?
1: I saw it. Um, I'm sorry. Like Trials of Osiris is something where that needed to be fixed because that's a pinnacle mode. Mm -hmm. Iron Banner is not a pinnacle mode. It is Mm -hmm. a way for you to get pinnacles if you are unable to do raids or 100k nightfalls or something like that there is no reason to delay iron banner because some supers are a little bit more powerful i'm sorry yeah uh they've already nerfed uh the stasis supers pretty well especially the warlock one the the glitch with the titan one i doubt many players i can actually do that to begin with Mm -hmm. it is the top tier players who have figured out how to do that and who can replicate the glitch and honestly at that point just you know don't be an asshole don't go in there they're re-enabling trials that week so i imagine this is getting fixed in a patch before that yeah. So, because they do say in the Twab, they have identified the, or not in the Twab, in, uh, on Twitter, Bungie Help did say today that they have identified the issue in Trials of Osiris and they're going to re enable Trials on the 18th. Mm-hmm. So it'll be back that week. Go to Trials. Go, Just go to Trials.
0: Right. So, so but uh, yeah, that was a. <laughs> Not like those meaty twabs a couple weeks ago, or like a yeah, month ago. Yeah, no, no.
1: This is our second to last one for the season. Yeah. So, for 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 the year, really. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Nerd Journalists in the chat. Hmm. Mm, Disabled D's nuts. He says. Hmm. Uh,
1: sir, th- this is a Christian Destiny Two chat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love nerd journalists so much. I do too. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, yeah. So now that we're done with the TWAB, you want to talk about some stuff we've been doing in the game? I mean, I know you've cleared yeah, I, I'd a thousand to talk runs of Crypt already. Yeah. Well,
1: the thousand runs of Deepstone Crypt that have yielded nothing except that's the for boots, That's arms, the, That's the title of Josh's
0: uh, autobiography A Thousand Clears of Deepstone Crypt, the story of my life.
1: With no chest piece, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um, I I really like. We'll we'll touch on the raid situ on the raid loot situation when we actually cover Deepstone here in a few minutes. But I want to take a second to focus on because we talked about legendary drops a couple weeks ago when we last uh, were on here together. Mm -hmm. Since then, we've each done both of the actual exotic quests in the game for Salvations Grip and for Lament. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe you've completed Salvation. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Those were the first um, quests that I did uh, after the campaign. Yeah, yeah. So
1: We've had the opportunity now to go after the exotic helmets and the exotic arms through the master lost sectors and go after Cloudstrike through the Empire hunts. I'm going to present an idea to you, Corey, and I want to know what you think about it. I think this is how all exotics should be distributed going forward for a content release.
0: Yeah, I really like the kind of like the straightforward quests. This this reminds me of, you know what? Getting uh, lament and uh, uh salvation script reminded me of was the Galahorn quest in Rise of Iron. Yes, this is what they yes. reminded me of, and it just brought back so many like good feelings of like, oh man, I, like I can. There's
1: an, act- there's an actual story built around the weapons. Yeah, like lament is like, spoiler alert. If you haven't gotten lament, I'm assuming if you listen to this, you're one of the nearly one million people who have cleared it. Lament is the ancient weapon of Clovis Bray that he used to fight off the Vex with. Well, we find out through the course of that quest, so we'll do a deeper dive into this uh, later on in December. I, I want to take some time to compile this, see if they give us any new information over the coming weeks. Clovis Bray uploaded himself into not only the AI construct that we meet in the depths of the Bray Exoscience in Beyond Light, he is also Banshee 44 in the mm-hmm. Tower. But Banshee obviously has no memories. He doesn't remember himself. as Clovis. When we present Lament to him, though, he remembers. He remembers wielding it, and he tells us to keep it. Basically do what he would do with it. And Salvation's Grip, similarly, that is a weapon that is constructed by the Drifter that he finds – That he enhances really he finds out that the fallen have figured out how to weaponize stasis and Mm -hmm. he sends us on a quest to go get it it's the only stasis gun in the game which makes it really cool and it makes you realize like oh okay there's not going to be like stasis supers like this this is our stasis uh snipers uh i expect us to get a sword of it one Mm -hmm. of these seasons oh yeah but maybe when fallen guillotine is out of the picture or something they make Falling Guillotine, or not Falling Guillotine, but they make a stasis version of that as an exotic or something like... There are, and it's the most rewarding quest. Both of these are insanely rewarding from a story perspective. I feel, and they're both unique in their design. Sure, there's some pain in the butt objectives to do it, but like we go into the fallen city for salvation script, we go and defend Clovis himself to get laments. You know, we have this whole story between him and Banshee, and we find out that Elsie takes Banshee to go talk to Clovis in in between things and after the quest and everything. It's just there's this whole crazy storyline. Similarly, though, they've tied the two class exotics for each for each class for Hunter, Titan and Warlock and a cloud strike to in-game activities. They're rewarding the players who are eight who are going to grind and grind and grind to go do those pinnacle activities instead of just throwing it into a Zer Ingram. Mm hmm which is a great idea i i don't think that exotic should just be handed to you sure we had a lesser amount this year but it's been so much more rewarding to earn these yeah and to grind out those i've done 25 empire hunts in the last week and a half and i still have not gotten cloud strike well but i'm yeah. not getting super <laughs> frustrated by it because it takes me about 10 minutes to run through one with champions about seven without I don't hate these missions entirely because I'm usually doing Varix quests that are associated with them. I'm doing dailies, I'm doing weeklies, I, I'm doing—I'm always working on something else, or I'm doing it with friends. I'm listening to a podcast, whatever. This, these, and the Master Lost Sector are two types of grinds I don't mind doing. This is stuff we've been asking for for a while—is endgame grind that is not solely. Oh, you have to flawless a dungeon. Oh, you have to do the raid every week. There are now so many things for solo players to go do in this game.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I... And there's
1: rewards. There's cosmetics given for finishing each of these things, by the way. You do a master Lost sector. Sure. That counts towards your uh, that counts towards your uh, what do you call it, your title completion. But there's also – there's shaders tied to the Empire hunts. There's emblems tied to them. If you finish uh, enough stuff on Europa – I just unlocked it last night. You get the exotic ship that looks like it's north – base brand it's wearing a puffy jacket like i like that kind of goofy stuff i like that there's so many secrets in this dlc and there's things that reward the hardcore players i have no doubt that the helmets the arms and cloud strike will eventually get put into Zer ingrams probably sometime late in the spring early in the summer by then you've had about six or seven months if you really wanted it you would have gone after it or you're just lazy so then you'll get it. Or maybe you didn't have the means to. Maybe like you're one of those players who just no matter how high you get, you are not comfortable soloing something like that. Cuz those are so with the exception of Cloud Strike, the armor pieces are solo rewards. Mm-hmm. I understand not having the confidence to go do that. What I are totally those
0: master didn't... uh lost sectors? What are what's the light level for those? Uh
1: 1250, maybe 1280. 1250 to 1280, somewhere in there. Uh there's two types of champions in there. Uh, there's some burns associated with them, but I mean, Hey, if you're, if you're not confident doing them, wait until bunker E 15 on Europa is up. That's the one where you get the frames that help you free all the frames, sit back, hang out in a well or in a riff or go invisible or whatever. Let them torch everything. You just do cleanup. Mm-hmm. I'm, de- I'm dead serious. Like that. It's a great strat. I'm personally waiting for that because I just, I don't care that much. I got the arms when they were glitched but I really want that mask of Backrus, So I'm probably going to end up diving into those this next week. That's about all I've got left. As far as beyond light content goes right now that I really need to work at. And I'm not just casually grinding with friends for fun. Right. Um, which is something like if, you know, you can't have a discussion about the loot and beyond light without talking about the Deepstone stone crypt and what I think it's greatest success is. And it's not just that I, I love the encounters, but, it's so rewarding to run that on your on one character every week. Multiple times a week, though. That you are no longer being punished if you choose to only play on one class. I only like playing my Hunter in endgame activities. I'll throw on a Warlock or a Titan for some, for some Crucible. For, you know, a couple strikes here and there, maybe. I, I might throw it on for some Gambit. I don't want to play through the entire story multiple times, though. And... Unfortunately, I know if I want to play those classes, I'm going to want to use stasis powers as much as possible, right? Mm -hmm. And I know that's not feasible in a raid, especially when we're all still learning it and still grinding it out. I'm now no longer being punished for running a hunter. It used to be I didn't want to run a raid more than once in a week because uh, can we wait till next week? Can we wait till next reset, guys? Like, I'm not going to get any weapons out of this. I can still get spoils, though. I can get enough spoils if it's a repeat run for me i can get enough spoils out of one run to buy a weapon or a piece of armor at the end out of the final chest because how the final chest is set up Corey is each piece of armor that you've earned in each weapon is there for purchase with spoils of conquest but in addition to that there are four chests that you can choose from also if you so choose that are more They're 60 spoils a piece that you get a piece of armor and a weapon and it tells you which encounter it's from so you know exactly what you're going to get. There's one of three pieces of armor and one of two weapons usually. That is the greatest success of this raid is not only can you do all that, it's if you have enough spoils and you already got your pinnacles, you can buy another chest. You can go buy more weapons. You can get that role that you're chasing without having to just rely on having to do multiple characters every week.
0: Or like, even if you're only one character, like, you don't have to wait for yeah. the weir- the reset, like the old raids.
1: Well, and that, also, the first four times you open those secret chests, which one of them is smack dab, you cannot miss it when you're doing the jumping puzzle in the raid, um, you, you get smacked with it each time you open up those chests, though, for the first four times... As long as it's your first open of that chest of the week on that particular character, you will get the mods. There's only four mods for the whole raid, and you can earn them all your first four secret chest openings when you run the raid. Oh, cool! Yeah, I, I absolutely loved that because I had them. I had some of them by the end of the first by the end of the first weekend. I had all of them. I loaded in another character, ran through the jumping puzzle, got it with my warlock, and then got the other ones with my hunter a few times. I had them all by last Tuesday's reset, and let me tell you, similar to Garden of Salvation, they really changed the game. They're not as essential, but they really, really help if you're carrying one of the buffs. Yet there's passive ones, and it's all in the active and Deepstone Crypt. There's passive abilities that are on there too that even if you're not running that particular augment, you still get them. Like for example, the Scanner one drops heavy ammo even if you don't have the Scanner augment on you. I cannot tell you how much that helps when you're running Xenophage at the boss. Yeah, I cannot tell you how much that helps. Things like that, these are the kind of mods we wanted to see. And they all stack with each other. So if there's something particular you want to run, and say you want to run three copies of the Scanner Augment because you want that extra headshot damage, which is what you get when you carry that, or you want that extra heavy ammo, slap three of those bad boys on, three pieces of Arc Raid Armor, and you're ready to go. Nice. I think it's fantastic the way that they've done the raid loot, and it's rewarding in a way that I feel they're finally starting to nail. We've seen this with the seasonal content for a little while. With Season of Arrivals, we saw it. We're seeing it again with the lures. You want you want to talk about a little bit about the Wrathborn hunts.
0: Yeah. So, I do hit me with that? I mean, maybe I just haven't done enough of them to see the real rewards from them or whatnot, but like, I just... I don't know. I don't really care for them a whole lot. And maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just like, I'm not doing enough of them to see the real rewards from it yet. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I don't know. It just feels like, like I've been doing all this, all the stuff on Europa and all the side stuff. And then I, I'm like, Oh yeah, there's like this whole other section of the expansion that I haven't even touched, which are like the, the hunts. And like, I go there and then I have my lore filled and, like, I'm looking at the mods and stuff for them. And I'm just like, oh, man, I should probably do these. And then I'm like, but all this other stuff that I'm doing is way more exciting than these hunts. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: so I, I, I'll i agree with you there. I definitely feel this feels like, OK, this is seasonal stuff that is tacked onto the release of an actual expansion. Mm-hmm. So Bordow Vex Offensive was i i think the lure system it's convoluted and it's kind of annoying at first yeah i really like it the more that i started playing around with an experiment i wish there was a bigger pool of weapons i'll say that to start off with i think only having five weapons total uh inclu- and that's including the two season pass ones yeah. as of right now there's only five weapons is borderline inexcusable even which is what the, the scout
0: rifles and the scout rifles in the season pass right
1: the scout rifle and the heavy grenade launcher are both yeah. in the season pass. So the only things you can get if you don't have the season pass for the seasonal co- – in fact, I don't even know if you can access it without the season pass, frankly. I have no idea. I've never been in that position. Is the submachine gun, the breech-loaded grenade launcher, and God, there's one other thing that I'm just completely blanking on. Is it I Deafening
0: whisper, which is what Nerd journalist said in the chat?
1: That's the uh, That's the breech-loader. Okay. I I don't remember what the third one is, but clearly I haven't earned it or I just dismantled it as soon as I got it. Um, It's like any other of these chalices or lures or whatever. You got to wait for people to play around kind of with the roles and see what they like. I do like that you can kind of pigeonhole what perks you're going to get on something first, by the way. Yeah. I do really like that system. I think that's a lot like the... In a way, it's like the uh, like Drifters Fun Box meets the Chalice. Yeah. And kind of exclude the things you don't want, and like try to get higher stats. For example, if you're trying to get the armor, you get a higher stat roll, or you can like one of the things you really want in that breach loader, you really want an Ambitious Assassin, and like you can choose the perks that will basically guarantee you're going to get that or something else. And I think that's really great, especially for seasonal content. I don't know if it's as essential now knowing that this is going to be around for an entire year. And maybe that's part of their thing is like, oh, okay, well, if we're going to leave the seasonal content in here for a year, maybe – and I mean maybe I'm completely off my base. Maybe it's going to be like Season of Arrivals where we get a couple more legendary weapons added partway through the season. Mm-hmm. Or we got uh, Ikelos SMG first in last out, the Icolos Sniper, and uh, we got something else added last year once we did the first exodus quest it's very possible that happens i'm not banking on it i think when you consider the raid loot you consider season of the hunt you consider the europa weapons you consider the exotic quests cloud strike hawk moon is coming most likely in the dawning the dawning legendary that you're gonna get and um god there was something else i was gonna say and i can't remember what oh prophecy is coming back I think you've got that. You've got the adored quest. I think there's enough loot here. Of course, the hardcore players are going to be like, oh, "There's not enough." I'm sorry that not all of us can play 10 to 12 hours a day the first three weeks that now, it's
0: out. Let me let me ask you something though, real quick. Yeah. Like I know a couple weeks ago we said the loot pool was kind of like, it was scarce uh, aside from these quests that we're talking mm-hmm. about now and then like you know the the vanguard and the the crucible and the the drifter armor sets are all literally the same thing mm-hmm. but like would you rather have like a bunch of weapons that you're not going to remember or would you rather have like this where there's like okay well we can name almost every weapon that we can get and they're they're meaningful in some sort of impactful way somehow like adored or you know like some of these other weapons like we can name them we know what they do we can we can kind of tweak them to what we want them to be
1: i would personally rather have this with a few more options just like just like maybe maybe four or five more obtainable things for this and i think for me that focus goes on to the seasonal stuff Mm -hmm. i'd like to see a couple more weapons in the seasonal pool, and maybe like two, three more weapons spread throughout Crucible, Gambit, and Vanguard. Right now, there's only one drop for each. There's the shoddy, there's the Heavy Grenade Launcher, and there's the Pulse for Vanguard, Gambit, and Crucible, respectively. I'd like to see another drop or two added to each of those pools, and like, maybe two, three more seasonal weapons, and I think you've got an outstanding selection from it. I stand by, until they do something like that, I stand by that I think that this is a little bit light in terms of the actual loot that we are earning. But it feels now that I'm actually genuinely looking at these more and more. I'm getting to pick the roles that I want more and more. I'm getting to pick my raid loot at the end. If they would just stop dropping me shotguns out of the actual chest so I could earn real guns, that'd be fair. I've seriously gotten six shotguns in like four run, four or five <laughs> runs of this thing. I'm so tired Sorry, of like- getting that I've gotten the sword a couple times.
0: Sounds like my Steve pinnacle is gonna stuff. just going to murder
1: me because he wants a shoddy.
0: <laughs> it sounds like my pinnacle gear last week. Every, mm-hmm. I did, like, I did, what, seven or eight pinnacle things last week to try to... Uh, by the way, I jumped, like, 20 light levels in the last week mm-hmm. and a half, and it made me so happy. But uh, every single pinnacle drop I got last week, every single one was a titan towel okay every single one
1: like listen i bungee i just i just want to talk i want to know who keeps giving me shotguns and raid arms raid arms and raid legs i want to talk about who's giving me those i just need the chest piece for the full set it's all i want i want the chest piece and i need that hot scout rifle you can keep eyes of tomorrow i just need the shotty or not the shot god no not the shoddy i need the scout rifle i want trusty i want it with recombination Uh, i I love and that's another thing like while we're talking about loot there are raid specific perks it is incentivizing us to keep playing and playing and playing this raid even if it's just to go buy rolls of a specific gun because of the raid specific perks to it and I love that. That's something we didn't know about this before. And I remember us getting it. We're like, "Whoa, what is this? Like on our first guns, like there's one that's basically a super auto holding auto loading holster that while you have it stowed, it'll store up to two times the amount or it'll store two times the amount of the normal magazine in the magazine. So say you have a four shot sniper. You can get eight shots out of it. I think the one here is actually five. So you can get 10 shots stored on that sniper while it's stowed. That's amazing. That's a game changer
0: that's so that's amazing
1: like these are things that people were asking for like trials weapons like oh give us trial specific perks which there are a couple of those i have one on my summoner they're like if I'm, the, if I'm the last one alive all my abilities and my damage are boosted cool this is awesome though give i love this for pinnacle activities i'd like to see it for this i'd like to maybe see uh, a gun have a chance to have a roll at that out of the final chest in the next dungeon perhaps like These are these are cool things that incentivize people to keep playing your game. And it's what we've wanted for so long. The loot situation with this one raid and with the Return of Prophecy is completely and as well as re-adding all of the seasonal weapons from last year into the loot pool is genuinely changing the way that we're playing this. All the Season of Arrival weapons are in there. All the Seventh Seraph weapons are in there now. That's what we wanted, Bungie. Those never should have been taken out. Never, ever do this again. Ever.
0: Yeah, this is how
1: it needs to be done.
0: I I'm really like, I I think I put this on Twitter last week, but it's I've I haven't had this much fun in Destiny in a long time. Like, it's I mean I I loved Forsaken the campaign and stuff, but after that I was like, I was kind of sitting in a position where I was still playing Destiny by myself, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to do a lot of this by myself, but like, I don't know if it's this podcast or just the group that of people that we talk to and play with or what, but it's just like, I just even grinding and doing character builds and uh, master working gear. Like I'm, I masterworked three pieces of gear in the past two weeks and it's the first time I masterworked gear since like it was introduced, I think like it, since then. And it's, it's like, it's so there is,
1: there is a much bigger incentive to, masterwork your stuff now. Even if it's just something as simple as masterworking your ghost and getting getting those ghost mods that are random drops, like there are incentives to do this. There are incentives to keep an entire set of raid armor around now. Like I mean there already was with Garden of Sal- excuse me, with Garden of Salvation, it became almost essential to have enhanced relay defender. Yeah i don't like raids that require stuff like that instead here they are additional perks that will make your life significantly easier if you have them i like running them a lot i know that a lot of our friend group likes running them a lot it's just it becomes a balance of well how much do i want to boost my stats and how much do i want these extra things added to me and that's awesome like if you're the main guy who runs scanner like me i want to be running the scanner augment The night when I ran Operator, I made sure I had the Operator Aukman on two pieces of armor. Like, it's that simple. And this is the kind of stuff when we tell you we want meaningful loot bungee, you're starting to deliver on that. You're starting to give us what we want. You need to go a little bit further, a little bit more.
0: Some of these perks remind me of, like, Taken King and uh, Rise of Iron Raids, where, like, if you wore the armor, those perks and mods benefited you while running. But this seems a little bit more customizable.
1: I mean, so the mods you get in the raid are only usable in that specific raid. It's not even for all raids. It's just right. for that one. Right. Which I like because, again, like it incentivizes me to do them. But it's, like the drop rate is basically guaranteed on them as opposed to Garden where you had a chance for one in Garden. Mm-hmm. You're guaranteed them in these. Like Either that or I have uncannily good luck to get all four of them in my first openings. But it's awesome. I, I like it. And they they don't go out of their way hiding the, ch- the two hidden chests this time either. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is literally above the last point in the pike race and the other one you cannot you literally cannot complete the in my opinion the best jumping puzzle in the entire franchise. You can't complete it without running across that chest.
0: Better it's than actually
1: impossible. Better
0: than the Taken King jumping puzzle at the beginning. Yeah, uh, it's
1: be- it's it's better than the Wall of Dicks, Corey. It has also in my opinion <laughs> at l- probably the Either the second best or the absolute best uh, music in the entire series is in that puzzle.
0: It's awesome. I'm. I, I, can't... I
1: really wish I was joking, but that is an area where they continue to improve in year after year after year. Michael Salvatori continues to do an incredible job with this soundtrack.
0: This music, in particular, I like. It feels so different than anything they've done before across the board. And then like people are saying, well, mm-hmm. the raid music is different from anything that's in the, on Europa or, you know, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is, uh, I is. love I mean, the if music.
1: You, if you listen closely to the music in the raid, you hear destiny one music mm-hmm. accompanying it. And that's, it makes so much sense when you're doing the raid, why that's happening. We're being deliberately ambiguous here because Corey hasn't done it yet, but it makes a lot of sense when you consider that. You consider the Deepstone Crypt's place in Destiny lore and in its history. Um, it's just... It, it's it's an incredible encounter. Like, there's... Uh, like I said, I guess let's shift to that now. Okay. Like, let's shift to Deepstone Crypt real fast before we do a lore
0: corner. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not joking when I say this is already in my top three raids. It may go as high as number two. I don't think it'll... I, I don't think... It's not going to unseat the Taken King. I know that. But I think there is a legit argument for it to be in the conversation alongside uh, King's Fall. Uh, I think it should be in the conversation alongside. Going back to my personal rankings that we did. Right. Uh, my top four were King's Fall, Last Wish, Garden of Salvation, and Vault in that order. Garden and Vault might have been swapped. It is absolutely a top five raid in my opinion. I would put it above both Vaults and um, Garden would absolutely put it above it this is the most new player friendly raid in the franchise now with the absence of scourge of the past or eater of worlds it is the most it is the most newcomer friendly raid it forces everybody to learn a mechanic but it does not shield you off from helping other people Mm -hmm. in most instances yeah uh you will have at least one if not two other people with you uh it and it gradually applies it. Like, you're never, in a, you're never in a zone where it's like, oh my god, I'm by myself. Unless you are doing one specific role in the very first encounter, you're never like, oh my god, I'm completely alone. I have nobody to help me, nobody to back me up. It is structured in a way that Crown of Sorrow and Garden of Salvation failed to be, and they were lesser raids because of it. I love the ambiance, the music, the design of Garden. But the tether mechanic sucks. The walling off of teams sucks. Same with crown. It's awful. I hate that about those encounters. You can't go help somebody if they're struggling. Here, everybody has an augment, and you are forced to take it at some point. You can't just say, oh, this person doesn't know what they're doing. Like, No, you are going to fail until that person learns their job. And it, there are jobs that are much easier than others. You don't give a new person suppressor in the final battle or in the third encounter. You give them something like Operator or even Scanner. You make them a Runner, something. You don't put them on something like Suppressor. It's that simple. It's not that hard to understand. Mm-hmm. And I love that about this raid. It Yes, it was hard in contest mode. I'm, I am joining the chorus of people like Bife and a few others who have been saying, Bungie, please put contest mode on there as an applicable modifier for us so we can tackle it at our own pace. Some of us would really like the challenge of being able to beat it, but with our newer weapons. Mm-hmm. you know, Just power cap us to 1230, no artifact, nothing, and let us see how we do. It's crazy to me that one weapon changes the entire tide of that. The, the second encounter to me is still the most difficult. It is the most difficult. There's others where you gotta, like, okay, yeah, you gotta be on it with your call-outs, but this one? I mean with Lament it almost it goes from being the hardest in the raid to almost being the easiest. And I don't know if they intended for that or not, but truly if you beat that in contest mode, you you are a top tier player. There's no doubt in my mind. We got to th- we were on phase 3 almost done with it before we when we ran out of time and it's just it's brutal. Yeah. It's absolutely brutal. But that is the sign to me of a good raid encounter. It was brutal, but not one of us ever lost our optimism, even though we failed there. For our group failed for about eight, eight and a half hours at that specific encounter, and I don't think we ever. I think we got we got a little frustrated, but we never got mad. Yeah, like we saw top tier teams not completing that. That were still that we were getting almost as far as them, if not farther. Like we were close to triggering final stand, and. That like to me, that's a pride of uh, that's a pride of a badge of honor in its own right. Yeah. Like, I, I'm I'm proud of the job that we did, and that none of us ever got heated, not at each other, not at the encounter. It's just like you know, we knew this going in on day one was gonna be rough. It was gonna be real rough. But I'm also glad that as soon as that dropped, we went in there and just bam, we we wiped it. We we wiped the rest of the raid out. That's awesome. So. It's a really, really fun raid. Corey, I can't wait to talk about the overall raid with you and the fact that this raid has a story, which I think raids need to have. Yeah, I mean. Crota Zen has us going in to kill Crota. King's Fall has us killing Oryx. Uh, We're saving the Dreaming City, or so we think, in uh, Last Wish. You know, and then there's other stuff like, oh, okay, well, like, we have the four things with Callus, but none of those are really story stories. Right. Like, this is an actual story. Like, you start off doing one thing, and it turns into something else entirely. And that's so cool. There's a plot twist. I don't see, I didn't see it coming. It's so cool. Uh, I love that about this so much. And it's something that I think desperately has missed. Like, Scourge of the Past, okay, cool, we're trying to stop uh, Spider's crazy brother yeah. from... King the city like okay whoop do you do like this has an actual story there's actual lore hidden throughout the raid as you do some of the challenges you unlock the remainder of the pages i love it and it's so cool like i i loved it, that i can't that wait was, to cover the future core corner
0: i mean that was my favorite thing about the taken king was like mm-hmm. okay well you did the campaign and you like yeah you beat orcs but he goes into the you know the the uh ascendant realm and then you go like you've like the raid finishes the story, right? Like that was my yeah. favorite part. And like, you learn about the yeah. sisters, you learn about Gogoroth, you learn about the, the war chief. And like, when I play it, like when we were doing Leviathan, I'm just, like, what's happening here? Like there's, yeah. Okay. There's a room full of dogs. Why are there a room full of dogs? You know, like, like it's just like, it's stupid, <laughs> you know? I mean, I don't know. I'm excited to play through a story again. And, and like, I, I really hope like Saturday, like we can go through and, Learn it and... Well, you, I can learn it and, and do it. And, like, as someone who used to raid every week on three characters, like,
1: mm-hmm. that's
0: the one thing about Destiny that I dearly miss is raiding every week, even if it was just once a week, right? But, like, I still think raids are the best in-game activity to this day, uh, you know, aside from, you know, like, the dungeons are, like, the next closest thing. Like, I really enjoyed when, yep. when I did Pit of Heresy, like, that was... A really fun light raid experience with three people. Well, I mean, and, and like...
1: I, I've gone on record as saying that I think Prophecy is one of the top two or three things they've ever done. And I mean, add Deepstone Crypt to that list now too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um,
1: Bungie's approach to the end game content, to the end game design, is top notch. Yeah, whether it's, it's Prophecy, it's uh, the Shattered Throne, it's Deepstone Crypt, it's King's Fall, it's Vault. Everything is genuinely special, even in a year with a lesser raid. Like mm-hmm. Spire of Stars, when it first came out, was maligned for that. Same with uh, Eater of Worlds, and I'll blame them. that was in the most tumultuous time of Destiny's history. Those are still like, even though those ranked my as my last two, along with Ground of Sorrow, on my overall raid rankings. It's like those are still top notch experiences yeah. as far as a first person shooter goes. No other shooter. We covered this on Arsenal X. No other game does what Destiny does when it comes to the end game.
0: Yeah, it's uh... so. It's special that the end game now with, is...
1: the, with the added loot now and with the incentive to keep doing. I mean, you only have enough to use your spoils on stuff from that raid if you don't want to. If you missed out on Anarchy or on the Exotic Sparrow like so much of us did from from Scourge of the Past, you can now buy those from the kiosk. You just have to have the proper amount of spoils,
0: which is which is awesome
1: uh it's it's awesome it's giving people and i mean like we've already got we got a guy in our group max who's like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna save all my spoils up and go buy anarchy and it's like yeah you need to like that's a top that's a top tier boss dps weapon especially if you ever plan to try and flawless uh what is it prophecy or you try to you know solo it you need you're gonna have to run that
0: mm -hmm. yeah (laughs)
1: like it's a top tier boss strat right now that with a vorpal slug shoddy those are those are top tier things for the boss.
0: Yeah. So. like, I'm really excited to hopefully run it this weekend. Honestly, like, I if I could if I could finish it with you and Nerd and Joe and Mitch and uh, who'd you who else, like it, it like just this little group of people that we've like kind of just talked Destiny with it, it would be like I don't know it would probably be one of the best moments in Destiny in a long time for me. I. I I hope Saturday we can do it. So, yeah. uh,
1: let's hit a lore corner real fast. Corey. Yeah, because I know problem. you
0: have a heart out and uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. So,
1: no, no, it's all good. We we have a we have a fairly short. It's gonna be it's gonna be a two parter. We're gonna we're gonna do part two next week. But uh, when you're getting your stasis fragments and your abilities from Elsie each week, ex, good old Exo Stranger, she gives you pieces of a lore book called The Dark Future. And I feel okay doing the first half of this because if you've unlocked your stasis class at all, you've gotten the first few pages of this. And if you've done your first couple of aspects and fragments, you've gotten probably up to page seven or eight at this point. I want to talk about this though, because this is something that is, it's rooted in the reality of the game, but has not taken place in our reality. And God willing, never will, right? Like, we're pretty confident that the events of Beyond Light and us choosing to like, sure, we embraced the darkness, but we didn't let it overtake us. That's the pivotal moment of this future not becoming a reality in Elsie's eyes for right now. Right. So in the Dark Future lore book, what it is, is it's a series of recollections from Elsie talking about her and Anna's journey in the future, uh, in the future. The tower's been wiped out. The darkest day happened, which is the guardians that took on the darkness and succumbed to it, including our own guardian, including the young wolf, sided with Aramis for an attack on the tower. Sabathun's forces attacked, and the remaining Cabal attacked as well. And in all of that, we start finding out what happened to some of our allies. Uh, Elsie and Anna are currently in hiding. We find that out. They are back to Europa. I believe um, they haven't seen each other in years when we encounter them. And when they're talking, you know, they're They're going down through these and they still have what's left of Rasputin on a drive. And at first, when you're reading this, you're like, Oh my God, like th- this is, this is the reunion of Anna and Elsie from Canon. Cause when you get this page, you don't know that they, you haven't seen the reunion scene between them yet. That comes later on as you're unlocking more of the stasis fragments and when you get down to the end of page number two, you realize, oh, this is definitely an alternate reality. They, they've gone to the Deepstone Crypt and they find the Drifter's body. Uh, he's been ripped apart, dismembered, experimented on. And the subsequent pages are talking about so much of that. You know, they, they managed to reactivate Rasputin. They go back to where the tower was and it's been completely and totally destroyed. They're reminiscing about, like, what would Zavala say? Uh, you know, Elsie doesn't remember a lot of what happened before she was an exo because Clovis made sure of that. She wiped it. Um, and you hear Zavala. Zavala walking around on a crutch with a bum leg, living in the ruins of the Almighty behind the old tower. And he tells the sisters, like who are trying to ready a battle plan to go after Sabathoon. Eh, it's not Sabathun you want, it's the Witch Queen. And they're confused. We all know Sabathun as the Witch Queen. And he reveals that in this timeline, it's Eris. Eris is the one who led the attack on the tower. She was completely corrupted by the darkness. And you just you start to understand. Like they ask, where is Ikora? And all Zavala can do is point at the tower, and she's buried under that. She took down all these ships with her. She went down, and nobody's aware that is dead. And he's like, yeah, she, she's she gone. So Zavala helps the sisters make a plan, and they decide that they're going to need to get Marasov on board. They're going to need the Leviathan. They're going to need to, you know, they have to convince the Traveler. And it's, it is a book that I don't think me summarizing it does enough justice to it. It, it is something that everybody should read it. Now the lore is much more accessible to you in the game. You should absolutely read this book because it's so... Wrenching. It's absolutely heart-wrenching. Uh, you know, Zavala says in it to Anna and Elsie... Anna asks what happened that day it's been impossible to find accurate recounts and he goes we were outnumbered when the witch queen found me she called me a non-believer as she tore my leg from its joint and pulled the light from my ghost discarding me like trash Ikora had it worse I looked upon the traveler hoping it would be our salvation from the atrocity but instead it just left the traveler abandoned them again Abandon us when we needed it most. I wanted to reach out and grab it make it stay make it save us as we always thought it would But that was it gone cabal forces crumbled the rest He says galls plan to ensure the traveler and harvest its light the blueprints They're all here and he's copying them now Rasputin is Rasputin helps them come up with a plan to bring the traveler back and force it to fight for what's The very few remnants of humanity at this point We'll get to the rest of the book next week uh, because we need to break this down in more and more detail. But essentially the summation of the book, the implication we're given at the end is the traveler sends Elsie back in time, back to before all of this, back to before we meet her in destiny one long before that. Actually it's given the implication. She goes back about a hundred, maybe 150 years before the events of destiny one. And since she's an exo, she can't die. Right. Well,
0: die yeah
1: um it's implied that she's caught in a time loop until the past changes that the traveler has put her in one and that's what leads her to us she instead of us finding it on our own she decides to guide us towards it to avert the dark future to avert what's happening like to the point where no time to explain when you have the little stasis buddy pop up next to you the gun shooting through it is with its cadence with its sound it is Elsie's no time to explain from the vanilla destiny one campaign shooting through the portal to help you
0: that's awesome that's so cool
1: the little tangents in this story the things like this like you know just from hearing her dialogue post campaign and reading the description about her that she's from another time she's from the future and she's here to avert that future having time travel open to us now opens a myriad of possibilities for this franchise going forward and it's something i want to speculate on over the christmas break from the twabs and as we've gone through the remainder of the content that's in front of us because i think this puts destiny both in a very interesting and unprecedented time but also in a very precarious way that if they don't handle this correctly it literally can destroy the franchise you can't just use time travel as a deus ex machina for everything because i know instantly some some fans are gonna be like oh my god we could go back and save Cade, which a lot of us thought was going to happen last year with the sundial that we were going to screw things up and go save Cade. Instead, we saved St. 14 and we don't yet understand what the ramifications of that may be. Right. To the future. And so imagine if we were to do something like that And I, a a lot of the hardcore fans of the series, especially the students of the lore would say, do not undo Cade's death. That's such a pivotal moment in the franchise that you can't undo that. Mm -hmm. Like the the franchise, as much as I hate to say it, I love Kate. Kate is my Kate is one of my two favorite characters in the entire franchise up there with drifter. Losing Kate was for the best though. And I think if you look back on a lot of their decisions, like characters, they've chosen to let go, even ones that were in the lore. Like we don't want to bring those back. Saint was an unprecedented thing. We brought him back because Osiris loved him so much. And we were able to bring him back. Something Osiris, the greatest guardian to ever live, was never able to do. The one who's now without his light. We were able to do that, though. We were able to reunite Saint and Osiris. And so, time travel is something they've been building towards for the last year or so. The corridors of time. I do not think we're done with those. This book all but confirms that to me.
0: Yeah. Plus, like, so, the time, like, I think the time travel stuff is so interesting because that that. Mm-hmm that aspect itself can bring back so many, like even from just like, uh, you know, the content vaulting stuff, this is, this is how you like, and and not just lore stuff, but this is how you bring back. Like if you want to bring destiny one stuff back and you want to have like a season of people, Hey, you want to experience destiny one? We can make that a season or something. You know what I mean? Like it's so like the time traveling stuff is so, interesting and that 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 gives you so many new things to play around with with the not only the lore but just like visiting new and old locations seeing characters that are gone like you know what i mean i agree
1: i I agree and i think as long as we use it sparingly Mm -hmm. it's a good thing for the franchise
0: yeah you can't you can't use it like yeah oh we messed this up so we're gonna time travel back and fix it you know what i mean like you can't do that that
1: i i do expect that to happen at some point uh, yeah. maybe maybe it's with Savathun maybe we just absolutely fuck up and us traveling back in time allows us to quote beat her in the campaign and then we pull a King's Fall and go in and kill her for real in the Ascendant plane like there's so many possibilities you can do with things like the Sundial that you can do with things like the Corridors of Time that you can do apparently with the Traveler's Light now there's so many things you can do and I think that opens up so many possibilities for the lore for the future of gameplay for future activities I'm excited to see what happens.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm really interested to see what, what's going on. Sorry. My kid is still awake. Uh, I'm, she's excited too, I guess. Uh, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm just really excited to see like, even like the time traveling stranger. Will that change? Like, will, will we meet like this timeline stranger at some point, you know, too, like,
1: so that, that's perhaps the most interesting thing to me about this is how does time travel exactly work in this universe? Are there two Elsies running around? Did she... I mean, did she throw this L.C. in cryo or something like or is this one in cryostasis until a certain point in the future or something like who knows? Like, I don't know how that works. Does she just get beamed back into her past body? Like, there's so many questions I have about this, and I have a feeling it's the latter. I I think it's her getting beamed back, her consciousness getting beamed into her past body. I think that's what happens here. It's different than when we went through the sundial and our physical body went, Mm -hmm. when we went into the corridors of time. And we saw our funeral through time, like right. I'm especially since I'm she's an exo,
0: still... you can upload the the consciousness and mm-hmm. send it back. You know, I think that that's well, not easy... even that. I
1: mean, like, it, it's very clear, and we'll get to this. It's very clear at the end that it is done through the Traveler's light. Yeah. Um. And so, I mean, like, I, I if they, I if I never get an explanation, I'm okay with that. It's space magic. It's a giant golf ball in the sky that that's sent a robotic lady back in time to stop the collapse of the universe, like against the space Doritos and a deranged eyeless <laughs> hunter with a turban. Like you can't get much more ridiculous than the premise I just gave you, but it's done very tastefully.
0: That's fair. You know, so it's, uh, yeah, you're right. But
1: that's going to do it for Lord corner.
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh I think that's going to do it for this episode of tower casuals, Josh. I think so too. Uh, Dude, I'm not gonna lie. I, I love this show. I'm glad. Like I think about it often, and like while I'm laying in bed trying to figure out, like, uh trying to like manage stuff and do certain things, like I'm really glad that we brought this sh- show back. And and uh, for sure. Destiny, man. Destiny.
1: Destiny. Destiny, man.
0: Uh yeah so we're gonna wrap it up i want to thank everybody so much for watching and or listening remember you can follow us on twitter at tower casuals you can email us at towercasuals at gmail.com a question if you have one or some interesting facts or whatever you want to uh please do please yes, do please do way. yeah uh we've been light on questions on this show so we we'd really like you to uh which is fine
1: contribute. but i like the talk yeah but i need something to talk about that's not just my own opinion
0: yeah so, I mean, even if we save, save like a save the emails for like a question episode mm-hmm. when like nothing's going on, you know, so uh,
1: just going to be real soon.
0: <laughs> you, yeah, you can find our family of shows on Boss Rush dot com. Joshua, where can we find you?
1: Uh, you can find me on Boss Rush Games Xbox show. Arsenal X every Sunday night it goes live on Tuesdays. And then you can find me on Twitter and on Twitch at at Josh underscore Finn. spelled with two N's as always. We're wrapping up Gears 5. We're doing Reset Tuesdays with Destiny next week with the next gen update. Probably doing a little bit of raiding in there. We, we got experience the raid in 60 frames. And then Thursday night, baby. After Tower Casuals. It's Cyberpunk time. Yes. So, yes. yes. Come join us. It's going to be a fun time.
0: Uh, you can find me at IamCoryNHD on Twitter uh, you can find me on a plethora of things here on Boss Rush Games including Arsenal X the Xbox podcast uh, if you listen to this show remember to rate and review if you listen on Apple Podcasts and give it a like or a thumbs up or whatever else other kind of rating system on these other podcast apps uh, we really appreciate it so I want to thank everybody so much for watching and until next week we love you